solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Victory Monday of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Texans beat reporter for USA Today, Texans Wire, Cody Davis, and all my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, before we dive into Saturday's preseason game, Saturday's preseason win, might I add, against the Green Bay Packers, Wanted to let you guys know about the live fantasy show. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft. Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. Cody Davis. John, some sports guy Hickman, you guys don't understand how excited I am to have a conversation, multiple conversations about the Houston Texans this week. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the outcome of the game, some storylines that affected the game before the game and the ending of the game and how it could play out and change things for this roster. Also, things that we wanted to see that we didn't get a chance to see, but Cody, You know, I think it is very important to start off today's show with things we wanted to see that we actually saw. And you know what? For me, the front four for Houston, that defensive front was much more improved. And I got to tell you right now, one of those players that stood out immensely for me, two guys, man, I got to tell you, Vincent Taylor looked Good at that one technique for me in Saturday's win over the Green Bay Packers. And the second year, guy from the house, <laughs> everybody been talking about who's been having a very good camp. You've been out there, Cody. I had a chance to see him a couple of days. Ross Blacklock uh, was very good. That was one of the things that I wanted to see with this defensive front. Struggled heavily last year. And, and you know what? Put it like this. Last year, Houston got ran through, through and through. Teams were able to do whatever they wanted to against this team on the ground. Now, yes, all of the starters was not planned for the Green Bay Packers, uh, vice versa for Houston. But at halftime, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Packers only had, what, three rushing yards? Yes, sir. And, you know, and above all, Cody, If you can control what teams do to you on the ground, that means for me, you can control clock. If teams are able to run all all the way through you, then that means they're moving the chains constantly with ease. And what I saw when the, when, when, when plays needed to be made for green Bay, they really didn't do it on the ground. Not in that first half where we saw a majority of our starters play. I was actually excited that we saw a, a lot of those players who we was trying to figure out, Will they be rotational guys? Are they going to be guys we can count on seeing more and more? Uh, and not, not to mention that players like Titus Howard was out, Larry Tunsil, Charles Omenihu, Zach Cunningham, amongst others, they were out. So we were able to see guys who, you know, potentially are going to be 
backup or uh, situational type of guys. But back to the defensive front, I was thoroughly impressed with Vincent Taylor and Ross Blacklock. And on top of that, Cody, did you mention that Jacob Martin played both DN positions? Mm-hmm. Was being used across that defensive front? Uh, and, and for me, I think that's amazing because him and Jordan Jenkins are the two guys. Jordan Jenkins had, you know, combined for 15 sacks in the last two years with New York. So we definitely expected him to play a lot for this team this year. The question mark was Jacob Martin. What was Jacob Martin going to do? What was his role going to be? And I love the fact that Lovey Smith put him on both sides uh, of the defensive front at the end, move him around, allow him to be in situations where he can win. And I guarantee you, man, Jacob Martin is one of those guys, once he gets once he gets it going, what he brings to the team for that game increases with every snap. And he had a good Saturday uh, also, Tyrod Taylor and Tim Kelly's offense, I loved what I saw. Came out four for four, a couple of great passes to Chris Conley. And I can't wait to talk about him. But a couple of great passes to uh, Chris Conley. Tyrod looked comfortable. Tyrod looked in command. And Tyrod was also doing that without his left side there. That was very encouraging. And for me, just mentioning Chris Conley, we got a lot of hype in Nico Collins, right? One catch for 24 yards, a very great uh, catch and run. He only had two targets, I believe, for that game. A lot of hype into Nico Collins. Didn't see Brandon Cooks, but the number one receiver on Saturday, hands down, was Chris Conley. Looks like he's going to be a great pickup for Houston. Four catches for 40 yards. Two of those catches was put where only he can go grab it, and that's exactly what he did. Great hands. Ran some good routes. He has great, uh, great, great size, rather. And uh, I think he's a guy that we flirted with the idea of whether or not he should move on from Brandon Cooks. I'm against that unless the season is a dumpster fire. But if so, Chris Conley, at least in this first preseason game, so that he can be a number one receiver for this team moving forward. And you know what, Cody? There's somebody we're going to talk about a little bit more tomorrow but I like what I saw to Davis Mills. Hmm. Davis Mills, to me, looked like a regular rookie. And that's impressive and encouraging because you guys remember the outrage last week when we found out he had five interceptions at practice. And we found out how rocky his training camp has been. You know, now we're seeing him play against other players because we've heard about guys, or Cody, you've seen guys have a good training camp so far. It didn't look good on Saturday. Davis Mills was the opposite, in my opinion. And so seeing him go out there in that Tim Kelly offense where it was made easy for him, that's what I like. It's not complex. It's easy. That was encouraging. Also, mind you, that he went out there with the second team as well, and he was able to, you know, move the rock. To your Davis Mill point, and yes, we are going to talk more about him on tomorrow's show, but what I will say about Davis Mills I hate to say I told you so, but John, I kind of told you so because ever since I think it was last Tuesday or last Wednesday, I've been saying that the game is starting to slow down for Mills. And I had an opportunity to watch Justin Fields' first game, Trey Lance's first game, Matt Jones' first game. John, I'm pretty sure you you saw um, Jones' first game as well. I'm not going to say 
he looked just as good as those guys, but you can make the argument that he held his own in his very first game, just like the rest of those other quarterbacks that I just named. And I do want to mention, we actually saw a debut of another quarterback on the opposite side of the field and Jordan Love. And I would not be opposed if somebody say Davis Mills's debut was a little bit better than Love's. Now, once again, both teams was going out there with their second team, with their B team. But I like what I saw from Davis Mills, man. And ever since, like I said, I can't remember if it was Tuesday practice or Wednesday practice. Once the game started to slow down for him, he started making better decisions. I've always been a guy that's been on board with his mechanics. Davis Mills has looked good over these last five to six days. But, John, when I take a look at things that I wanted to see, the one thing I loved about Saturday's game is I had an opportunity where well, we all had an opportunity to get a sense of what a David Cully offense will look like. And what that offense will look like is even kill. John, you mentioned that Nico Collins only had two targets for, I believe, 24 to 25 yards, but that's only because, and then David Cully's offense, he's not going to be focused on getting the ball to one receiver. This is a team that netted 319 total yards, 149 came in passing, and 170 came on the ground. And I like that because given their quarterback situation, this is a team that's not going to depend too much on their quarterback, but this is also a team that's not going to depend too much on their run game. And when I take a look say at this. the Texans... I just want to say this. To your David Cully point, man, uh, I I liked what I saw. Let me tell you what stood out to me the most about David Cully. And if you guys got an opportunity, go watch, go watch that postseason speech he did in the locker room. But what I liked about David Cully is whenever the camera cut to him, whether it was good or bad, you saw him being very interactive. And the most, you know, when Darius Jackson Scored his run touchdown with uh, Jeff Driscoll, who I can't wait to mention later in the show. <laughs> no, we not. But, we're not. <laughs> oh, I am. We not. I am. What, what did but I tell you? Jackson, Anytime Jeff comes in the game, it's time to turn your TV off. I kept my TV on, and that's why I'm talking about it. But when Jackson <laughs> scored that run touchdown, man, you saw uh, you saw Cully go just be there for him and congratulate a guy like that because he's working his ass off, right? When he cut to him, uh, when they was cut to him another time. You saw him coaching him up. You saw him pissed during the, you know, it's preseason's uh, a false start. He was over there, you know, mad about that. Mad that drives didn't end it in touchdowns and they ended in field goals. So his attention to detail was not just something that was, you know, taking place during training camp. The guy really, really wants to win games. And, and Houston is in a position where the coach and the GM really wants to put the uh, best talent out on the field but you can just see him really immersed in coaching that team, him and Lovey Smith. And, and I, I like what I saw out of a Lovey Smith-led defense. The season is here, which means it's time to make you some extra money. Eventually, man, go ahead and hop on board with betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, which will be back soon, NHL, your UFC, MMA action, and, of course, the National Football League, baby. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for sticking around to the Monday edition of Locked On Texans. Forgot to mention two names that popped off the screen to me on Saturday. Jonathan Gennard, who was a player who I really wanted to see much more last year. Strip fumble sack on Jordan Love. Was that Jordan Love he caused that on? Either way, he had a strip fumble sack on Saturday, which was recovered by Jaleel Johnson, who we mentioned. Also, Big boy, Big Roy Lopez. <laughs> That's hey, everybody's favorite serious. player right now. Hey, if he goes out there and makes his roster and in the regular season gets one sack or half a sack, the Lopez jersey is going to do numbers. But he popped off the screen because he's big, he's strong, and he has decent hands. For I think he has, actually, I think he has good hands. He did play against the second or third stream, but he looked good on Saturday as well. He's also a guy that... I presume we'll make this roster, but enough about that. Let's talk about the things that Houston can improve on, Cody. The things we really wanted to see that our eyes just didn't allow us to see on Saturday. And with that topic, John, I left away from Saturday's game really disappointing in the secondary. Because as you know, ever since the start of training camp, I have been so hyped about the improvements that I was seeing in the secondary. And yes, I understand Justin Reed, only played two or three drives. Yes, I understand that Bradley Roby wasn't there, but there is no way in hell the Texans secondary should have given up 193 yards in passing. They allowed Jordan Love to record 122 yards, and the only interception that they recorded came late in the fourth quarter. Um, I believe it was Carter, if I'm not mistaken, who recorded that interception, but I don't really want to count that because that interception came by the Packers third string quarterback and Kurt Benkert. That was actually Trayvon Smith. And that's another player I can't wait to talk about before we get out of the show today. Oh, that's thank you. But thank you for the correction. But I was going back to my point, John and listeners, I was really disappointed by that secondary because I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If Jordan Love can record 122 yards what does that say about your secondary when you got to go into the season you got to play against guys like baker mayfield josh allen they also have a game against Tua, and i also want to mention zach wilson because zach wilson looked good in his debut as well i did not like what i saw from this texan secondary once again john and listeners i understood that this is a team that was missing a handful of their top defensive backs but there should not be an excuse for the amount of passing yards they gave up through the air. Going back to the offensive side of the ball, John, I'm not going to go as far as to say that David Johnson isn't going to make this roster, but there is no way in hell he should continue to give us a negative in his rushing yards, no matter what the outcome is. Because I take a look at Philip Lindsay, I take a look at Scotty Phillips, I take a look at Jackson, I take a look at Buddy Howell. Those guys was running behind the same offensive line as him. And the fact that this guy could not get out of the backfield, it was really disappointing. And John, when I take a look at David Johnson, this is part of the reason why I feel like he's not going to be a valuable piece in the Texans run game. He is a running back that can be used in the passing game more so than anybody else in their backfield. I'm, and that's no disrespect to guys like Philip Lindsay and all the rest of those guys, but David Johnson, there's no way in hell he should end the game with negative one yards in rushing. Well, to be fair, he only ran the ball one time on that it third It doesn't and matter. Short. It doesn't matter. He should get it if it's third and short. That well, has been my whole issue with David Johnson as well. And I wanted to point out the offensive line because – 
going yes, back to last going. year, going back to last year, what did he say? Part of the reason why he struggles because the offensive line was not good in their run blocking. Look what Scotty Phillip did. Look what Phillip Lindsay did. Look what Buddy Howell and Jackson did. You telling me David Johnson could not just get that one yard? I, I'm I will sorry, say, John. If I'm it's sorry. about the offensive line, I know you're kind of passionate right now about David Johnson. I mean, as you should be. I, I think reservations about him is fair. But on the opposite side, we saw the defense really give the Packers problems with them trying to run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But Houston had a difficult time, not because of their running backs. As I mentioned, they ran for 170-plus yards. The ground game improvements was something that I was looking forward to, not from the running backs, but from the offensive linemen. Now, to be fair, Titus Howard was out. Larry Tunsil was out. Houston is trying to mix and match how they really want to move forward with this offensive line. And I was having a conversation with a guy on Twitter. I wish I could think of his name at this time, but if you listen to the podcast, he knows exactly who he is. And he gave me some guys he thought played better than Max Sharpen. I think Max Sharpen is another guy that going into Saturday's game with the injuries uh, that players sustained and you were going to be a part of that starting unit, I think that Max Sharpen had an opportunity to really separate himself from whoever the next guy is going to be or the guy that he's actually trying to jump over. He's not cemented as a starter on his offensive line. You know who's cemented right now? That entire left side from Britt on down. Because I presume Howard will be that left guard. Uh, But Sharpen is not cemented as the starting right tackle. And there was times on Saturday where I thought Titus – I mean, I'm sorry. I thought Max Sharpen looked good. I thought he looked better in the passing game than he did in the run game. And there was times where he did good combo blocks and got to the second level. But it just seems like he's not as aggressive and engaged as we saw two years ago. I don't know what it is. It was times where he got to the second level and got a a hand on the linebacker, but it wasn't enough. And and his linebacker actually made the tackle. And so, you know, I thought that he came out of that game still as a question mark for me. Hmm. And I, I didn't like that because I'm, I'm, I believe that Max Sharpen has talent, and I'm still iffy about where Marcus Cannon and Lane Taylor can be for this offensive line unit. Also, the linebacker unit in passing situations still was a question mark heading out of Saturday's game. Now, again, the two trends of the last two disappointments that I would say is they had key players out. Didn't see Zach Cunningham. Didn't see Christian Kirksey. By the way, Kamu Grugier-Hill looked very good on Saturday. I mean, very good. Joe Thomas, in uh, in his playing time and the snaps that he got, he looked good as well. So uh, the reservations that I have really can be compartmentalized right now and saved for next week after we see the guys actually on the field together as a unit. But – this is why it's a problem, though, listeners. It's a problem because eventually somebody's going to get pulled out of the game because they need a break. Eventually, somebody's going to have to be rotated in for whatever reason. And you never want to wish this, and I'm not wishing this, but at some point throughout the NFL year, there's an injury bound to happen, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's uh, the defensive line, the linebacker unit. Cody, to your point, the secondary was disappointed. I think for Vernon Hargraves, who has had a very good camp, I think his position should never be an outside corner anymore. He should be one of those players 
that switches out with Desmond King at the nickel cornerback or a special team uh, type of player. But these are all fair assessments because, as I mentioned, somebody's going to need to be subbed out, rotation situations, third and short is different from third and long. You may have a, be- a player that's better in this situation than he is in this situation. And on the offensive line part, the linebacker unit part, you know, there was times where I thought plays could be made or improvements from what we saw last year. And uh, I just, throughout the game, I didn't see it. And, and, and this is not bashing them. This is just saying that some of these bubble guys, some of these guys that's not necessarily fighting for a roster spot, but solidification of where they're going to be ranked on the depth chart could have did better. Max Sharpen is one of them. And, um, I think Vernon Hargraves is another guy. Like, your performance could have been better. But I think Houston now knows what they have in VA Street, and they may use him differently moving forward. By the way, speaking of secondary, I did like Lonnie Johnson on Saturday. I did like him. And I did like Desmond King as well. I like what I saw out of Lonnie Johnson, and I like me a good Bill Barr. So many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. If you do not know the Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out on flavors like mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. There is something for everybody. And if you want to try a mixed box, you can do that. Get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four grams of sugar and only four grams net carb. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost three hundred fifty three. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection 
reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. So listeners, before we get out of here today, of course, I want to remind you that we will have an in-depth conversation, more so uh, probably tomorrow, Cody, about Davis Mills, more of what we thought we saw, uh, and also just everything else surrounding this Houston Texan team. But it's very important to look at the ending storylines from Saturday's game. And I think the biggest storyline for me, Cody, is seeing Anthony Miller go out Hmm. what seems like to be a shoulder injury. We are still awaiting word on the seriousness of that injury. That storyline is big because that actually shrinks the wide receiver room in the sense of now, you know, where do they go to replace, you know, like if this injury is serious, who do they go with? Tomorrow we will be talking to Jordan Vesey. That'll be a very interesting conversation. He will be on Locked On Texans. And I got to say this, above all, man, I think Kiki QT is in the position he's never been in for this team. You have a reason now to prove you should be here. Forget what you thought in the past. I, I think for QT, his reasoning was always, well, you guys drafted me and I'm still in my rookie contract, whatever. But that was the old guys. This is, this is the new guys. And – you know, with Miller going down, and we hope it's not long. I, I really hope it's not long. I think Miller can be very good for this Houston Texan team. But I also think Kiki QT can be very good for this Houston Texan team. And now, am I the only one thinking that Houston will put – give him more opportunities to prove that he should be on this roster? I'm under the impression, and this is my opinion, that whether or not Anthony Miller can play this Saturday, I don't think he will. So snaps should go to somebody. QT doing practice this week. Prove why it should be you. I think that's a very important storyline. I also think a very important storyline leaving out of Saturday's game is, guys, I think we have a coach. I could be overreacting. That's a part of sports. We overreact all the time, right? But when I say I think we have a coach, I think we have the true definition of a coach. I really encourage you guys to go listen to that post-game speech in the locker room. He really, you know, he said, yeah, we can do better this way. We can do better this way. But what do we get? We got that dub. Let's move on to Saturday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's going to be very interesting. We will see players play a little bit more. But I like what I saw out of this coaching staff as a whole. Following Saturday's game, David Cully did mention that Anthony Miller sustained a slight dislocation in his shoulder is actually an injury that he had before and I'm pretty sure later today we will find out the extent of that injury and how long he will be out but when I take a look at Anthony Miller going down not only does that open the door for a guy like Kiki QT, who can finally have an opportunity to showcase that he is a valuable receiver for the Texans but he also opened a guy to another guy who was having a great training camp and Chris Moore. John, remember just last week, we had him on a bubble of a guy making a 53-man roster because we just could not get a sense of whether or not he is a lock-in for this roster moving forward because that wide receiving core is so crowded. 
but John wanted a bigger storyline leaving this game. Jeff Driscoll. Oh, My I thought God. you was going. Hey, hey, he, hey, his I name. I thought you was going because I was going to save it. I was waiting until you thought it was going to end the show and I was going to bring it back up. I, I understand needs it. to look at a quarterback throughout this preseason because Jeff Driscoll's not it. You are a veteran quarterback who has played, what, four years in this league? Why in the hell are you ending <laughs> a preseason game with only one completion and six tries for two yards? And out of those six pass attempts, there were at least three attempts where he overthrew his targets. Playing against the Packers practice team at that point. The Texans should be scouting other quarterbacks throughout this preseason. And um, that is what it is. Or or uh, bring in a quarterback you had in the past. I see what's going to happen with A.J. McCarron in Atlanta. I think he actually makes the roster. Uh, but I don't think A.J. is going to come back to be a third-string uh, third quarterback. See what's going on with Jordan Tomu. Like, Driscoll, and, and the, the worst part about it is this should have been something that, you know, instead of going to the training camp with seven running backs, you should have went to the training camp with four quarterbacks. Well, technically they are. Oh, where they man. do have four quarterbacks, technically. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. How about five? No, I can see five. If Jeff Driscoll plays at any point, then Nick Casario might as well go ahead and break out that number 12. Come on now. Let's see what he can really do, man. Man, it's bad. It's like I told you last week, man. If at any point you're getting a notification and it says that Jeff Driscoll is your starting quarterback, just turn your TV off. How about this, though? How about this? Remember that unofficial depth chart? Mm -hmm. Remember how unofficial we told you guys that unofficial depth chart was going to be? Yeah, didn't we say that? Yeah, we did. That unofficial depth chart was very unofficial. But this week, we got a lot to talk about, guys, and I hope you stick around with us every step of the way. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Take time out of your day. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy as well. Cody Davis, I'm passing it off to you. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.